Lou Whitaker weekend this weekend. Uh, not very good performances except for Lou Whitaker day. On Saturday, the Tigers looked great, but it was sandwiched in between two really brutal performances and capped off by Sunday's just absolute train wreck. We're going to talk about all of it today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Monday, August 8th, 2022. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Vroom. With Vroom, you can buy a car entirely online and have it delivered straight to you, so you never have to go to the dealership again. So next time you need to buy a car, just grab your phone or and, sorry, go to Vroom.com and check out thousands of great cars. Okay, Tigers drop two of three over the weekend, three of four total to the Rays in this series. Um, This was Lou's weekend. This was Lou's weekend, and, and he certainly deserves better than the performances we gave on three of the four days. However, Saturday's performance was absolutely spectacular. The Tigers looked fantastic. On Saturday, it's just that there's no consistency and they turned around and immediately looked, honestly, it was one of the more pathetic performances of the season on Sunday. Um, We're going to start with some roster moves, then we'll get into the three games and we'll talk about Lou. Um, Roster moves, where did I want to start? Oh, Derek Law DFA'd, so that happened at the beginning of the weekend. Um, he is, he has cleared waivers and has elected free agency. So Derek law, just not with any teams affiliated with the tigers at the moment, Brian Garcia was called up, started, then sent down. Derek Hill was claimed off waivers by the Seattle Mariners. I still think that that was a, a pretty insane overreaction by the tigers fan base. Like everybody lost their minds when Derek Hill got DFA'd. I, I'm not losing sleep over it. Um, even the fact that he was claimed that he's not going to stay in the organization, not losing sleep over it. Still don't think that it was really a, a dumb move by any stretch to DFA him. Um, so he's with Seattle now, Brian Garcia. We already talked about called up and sent down Luis Castillo called up from Toledo. He had his major league debut on Saturday and then Erod began his rehab assignment in single a, um, first pitching uh, first up appearance first time we've seen him in months um look i people ask me about erod all the time i get asked by several people probably almost daily about eduardo rodriguez's status here and, and i i've made it a point to not really speculate or talk about it on the show because uh i don't know and no one knew that this is until he called the Tigers and was like, Hey, I'm coming back to start like getting stretched out to throw again. It was the first time they had heard from him in, in months. Like he, he wasn't, he didn't have contact with the team. Nonetheless, uh, you know, anybody around the team, like myself, like that we, no one knew anything. So 
this is we'll, we'll go way more in depth about all the players and the seasons everybody had and, and we'll do season recaps and stuff in the offseason but I, I i was never going to talk about like i'm not going to speculate on another on another man's life i don't know what's going on all we know is what we know and uh we'll so we'll, we'll go in more in depth on it then but i i i'm not going to keep talking about it and have all these theories and whatever um so that's it for roster moves. Let's start with Friday because I'm not even sure people really even care about Friday at this point. Tigers drop five to three, drop this one five to three to the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, Brian Garcia started this one is there's two things about this game that you need to remember. And that's pretty much it. We walked 13 people and we could not hit the ball with runners in scoring position. That's pretty much all you need to know. Look, we had 11 base runners, nine hits. Two of the base runners were extra base hits. One of them was Riley Green home run. After the second inning, the offense completely fell asleep. And uh, all of the, a lot of the hits and all of the runs came in those first two innings where we got off to a hot start and then the rest of the game, the approach pretty much changed on a dime and uh, turned pretty brutal. So not too much to talk about offensively there. I mean, again, Riley green homers are always nice. We want to see that power go up. Um, but again, like it's, it's really hard for me to be like, we had nine hits, but it's really hard for me to be like, Oh, this was a solid offensive performance. It was a solid two innings of an offensive performance. The last seven were pretty brutal. Uh, especially there at at the later innings leading up to the ninth, and then the ninth happened again, and they tried to pretend like they were going to do something and didn't. Um, you used one, two, three, four, five, six relievers on Friday. Not a great way to head into a weekend, um, but you had to because you had to start Brian Garcia, and you had to start him because of injury problems. Everything is affected by everything as the world works. Six walks by Brian Garcia, three by Will Vest, three by Joe Jimenez, one by Jose Cisnero. That is a whopping 13 walks. Inexcusable. I don't care that it's Brian Garcia and he's not a starter. I don't care about like any of the possible excuses. You're a major league pitcher. You, you don't even have to be a major. You are a professional baseball team. You get paid to play the game of baseball. You should not be walking 13 players at any level. I don't care. Nonetheless, the major league level. Inexcusable stuff. And some of it's an anomaly. Brian Garcia is not going to have too many more starts the rest of the season. Uh, we won't have to see him uh, start games and, and give up six walks and in four innings. Will Vest, I, I don't expect to walk three people in less than an inning of work. I don't expect Joe Jimenez to walk three people uh, in an inning. I mean, again, he is... He has been very effective all year. Jose Cisnero, we've talked about his command since coming back from injury, um, but that was only one walk in a game in which everybody else had like three to six, so whatever. Um, I, I just 13 walks. 13 walks. Ridiculous stuff. Let's talk about Saturday, though. Saturday, we're going to save the loose stuff for the very end. Um but the, the game itself was was incredible. That was the best. I'm not kidding. I think I know I can be dramatic, but I, I I'm this is not for dramatic effect. I think that was the best offensive performance of the season. They looked fantastic against 
maybe the leader for AL Cy Young, definitely in the conversation. McClanahan is a monster. He is a swing and miss monster. He is a beast. And you took it to him. And you had really good at best. I know it took until the fifth inning to finally score runs there, but the bats were really solid. I mean, only 10 whiffs for McClanahan is, is an accomplishment, to be honest with you. This is a dude that that is one of the best swing and miss guys in all of baseball. So really, really solid approaches at the plate. You didn't walk in this one, but I, I didn't really care because you were hitting everything in the strike zone and you were making the pitcher attack the batter. You are they, – they're throwing to you. Make him come after you. And Miguel Cabrera in his prime was the best I, I ever saw anyone at that. Make the pitcher attack you. Make him come to you. And that's what they did. They didn't chase all the crazy, insanely impressive breaking balls out of the zone or, or outside and, and look like fools on the changeup and, and chase stuff that was bouncing in the dirt. They didn't give away at bats. McClanny had three Ks, 10 whiffs. Not not a, a, a fantastic performance. He would go six and a third, six hits, four and runs. You, you had the best approach at the plate I have seen all year. You, you were trying to set him up. You were doing, like I said, you were making him come to you. He has to throw a ball in the strike zone at some point if he wants to win a ball game. You realize that and you took advantage and you really made him pay and, and, and put the ball in play pretty much every time it was in the strike zone. 22 balls put in play and six and a third against one of the best pitchers in the American League. Really, really impressive stuff. Um, then on the pitching side of things, you had Garrett Hill start. We're going to talk about Garrett Hill after I tell you all about LinkedIn Talent Solutions. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. Spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questioning make it easier to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small business rates LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Well, now you do. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdown MLB. That's linkedin.com slash lockdown MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, everybody, welcome back here to segment two of Locked On Tigers. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. Free and available wherever you get your podcast. Talking about Garrett Hill. Talking about a great performance on Saturday by the entire offense. And Garrett Hill should not be overlooked either. Five and two-thirds, six hits, one earned run, three walks, and six Ks. Struggled with his command at times, but for the most part was really solid. And his thing was all about... Command and pitch mix. When the command was off, he was walking people. Three walks in less than six innings is not great. But six Ks and 15 whiffs. 15. McClanahan had 10 against one of the worst offenses of the modern era. And you took a raised team that does have a lot of injuries on the offensive side of the ball. I realize that. That is still 
well over 500 in the best division in baseball. 15 whiffs, 6 Ks. Really good. What made him so effective? Uh, again, the, the, the command of the four-seam pretty much determined every at-bat. If his four-seam command was on, uh, it was over before it started. And if it was off, it was honestly over before it started. And it was in a, in a poor direction. Uh, he threw 46% four-seam fastballs, 43 of them to be exact. And then the other four secondary pitches he mixed beautifully. Slider 15 times, changeup 14 times, sinker 11 times, knuckle curve 10 times. That's brilliant because if the four-seam command is there, you can then set people up with a secondary pitch, and they won't know which secondary pitch it is because you're mixing four different ones in equally. It was a master class. It was a very, very impressive performance. I was thrilled. Uh, he's still on the roster as it stands right now. There's going to be a lot of roster turnover over the next, well, rest of the season, to be honest with you. I was going to say rest of August, but to, to be blunt, uh, September is going to have a lot too. So really just the rest of the year, you're going to see a lot of call-ups and send-downs and such. Um, and, and so Garrett Hill might be more performance-based from here on out, but for now, he's still here. And uh, he has been very, very impressive. Also, I'm recording this right after the game ends on Sunday. So if roster move does happen uh, and it happens after I finish recording, then you know that that's why. So really, really impressive stuff from Garrett Hill. Uh, as far as the bullpen goes, Alex Lang did Alex Lang things for one batter. Andrew Chafin looked really solid. Joe Jimenez struck out the side. Nice bounce back performance after a struggling Friday. And then Luis Castillo. So this was the kid that came up, Major League debut, got his first career strikeout. He would go one inning, two hits, no runs, no walks, 1K um, in 20 pitches. The sinker, I think, will play. I think it's a pretty effective pitch. It's got a nice movement on it. Really effective on uh, on righties, I think. If he can spot that location low and in on righties, I, I think it looks pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I liked what I saw out of him. The biggest thing for him is going to be command, which you can say, I mean, especially you watch Sunday's game, you know command pretty much determines a lot of effectiveness for relief pitchers. Um, but also, I think the secondary stuff, the, the slider was not bad and the changeup was not bad. If he can have two average secondary pitches and a plus sinker, that's a recipe for success. A lot of relievers are are really fortunate to have two effective pitches. So if anything more than that is kind of icing. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I was, I was pretty impressed and, and I, you know, I'm not saying that he's going to be uh, like the closer of the future or anything. We'll have to see him a lot more, but for a first outing for a major league debut, solid congratulations for real. That that's obviously a fantastic accomplishment. Congratulations to him and his family. And uh, yeah, it looks like we might be seeing him uh, a little bit more. He might be, especially with Law getting DFA'd, he might be in the mix with Angel DeJesus as kind of a performance-based call-up, send-down type of thing. Kind of a, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Not a carousel, like a revolving door for the rest of the the year. There's going to be that with a lot of positions. Bullpen is certainly one of them. Okay. Let's talk about Sunday's game. We'll rip that Band-Aid off, and then we will talk about Lou, and we'll end on kind of a high note. Um, Sunday's game, the Tigers lose 7 to nothing. Now, before we go any further, well, do we want to end on a good note or a bad note when it comes to the game? Let's talk about Greg first. Let's talk about Gregory Soto first. Um, this was brutal. This was really brutal for Greg. And 
it's not all his fault. If you think it's all his fault, I don't know what to tell you. The offense looked, I, I for my money, one of the worst offensive performances of the entire season, which is really saying something given the offensive production that this team has showed. But he had no command. And the frustrating thing about him is and continues to be that when he throws the ball in the strike zone, he's unbelievably effective. He's got a nice sinker that has a lot of movement. He can get ground balls. He can get swings and misses. He can get soft contact. Like when he is in the strike zone, he is as effective as it gets. The problem is when he's out of the strike zone and his command is off, he will single-handedly take the entire ship down and do it in blades of glory. So, like, they didn't even hit him hard, right? They did not hit him hard. The average exit velocity for his outing was 83 and a half miles an hour. And I know, like, he gave up two hits and and whatnot. The two hits he gave up, I'm not worried about. The thing we're worried about is the three walks, two of them coming with the bases loaded. That's unacceptable stuff. You are a, a this is your two-time all-star. This is your team's two-time all-star. Two walks with the bases loaded. Walking to load the bases, too. Inexcusable stuff. And, like, the defense didn't do him or or fully, especially, any favors. But walks are, are, are just you. There's no throwing anybody else under the bus. There's no, oh, it could have been this. A walk is you. And if you're if you're nibbling corners and you don't get a call or, you're, or your catcher is bad, that's enough. But when you're missing the zone by a foot and you're almost hitting people, and you're spiking the ball into the into the dirt, and and the catcher has to has to jump two feet to the right to ensure that you're not throwing a pass ball. That's all you, man, and and it, and it's consistently you. And I and I understand that he's only given up one earned run. I think it's like in the last month or or three weeks or something. He's only given up one earned run. I I, I get that, but. This is just a reoccurring conversation we have like once every other week. Once every three weeks. If you want to be, if you're a super big Greg fan, once a month. But but we, we continue to have this conversation of, oh my goodness, he just completely imploded and beat himself. And it's remarkable to me that like no adjustments are being made and no improvement is being made on his end. Really? It's been the same problem ever since he was a big leaguer. I, I really expected him to, to take a much bigger step forward because he already is now three, two, six. So you don't have to hear anybody, including myself talk about, Oh, he's not efficient, but his ERA is still like sub two ten or sub two or whatever. It's a three, two, six now. So you won't have to hear that. Um, it's just, it's really frustrating stuff. And, and it's just a conversation we keep having to have over and over and over again. And it's like I said, it's not all his fault. The offense was, was a joke today, but I, at some point we're going to have to talk about where he stands within the future of the closer 
the future of the bullpen rather. Um, I think that's a conversation for the off season. We talk about where does Gregory Soto stand in this bullpen? And for the rest of the season, I'm honestly fine with just continuing to throw him out there in your highest leverage situations in your closer role. See if he can develop his way out of it. I mean, seriously, like it's, it's, you're going to lose a ton of games anyway. You might as well just see what you got and see if he can get himself out of it. I'm okay with that. But for the future, for past this season, when you actually want to buckle down and, and, and try and start winning games again, that's a, that's a whole different conversation we, we got to have. Really sad and really frustrating stuff. And he'll go out and, and for the next three weeks, He'll be really effective again, and and he won't implode anything, and and you know he'll he'll go his next five, six, seven outings, and he'll be really solid, and then there'll be a one run game that'll blow, and and in all of those outings, even when he's not giving up runs, he's walking people, and and you're like, okay, Ben, don't break. Your closer shouldn't be a Ben, don't break guy. Your closer should be nails. There's a difference between bending and not breaking, and not bending at all. All right, let's talk about uh, the rest of the game. We'll talk about the offensive performance on Sunday. Then we'll end on Lou. But first, I got to tell you all about our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check on all your betting needs. Find your favorite sports events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online source for all your sporting wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to the Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and actions. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, everybody. Welcome back to our third and final segment here at Locked On Tigers. Um, let's talk about the offense because it's a pretty quick conversation. This was pathetic. Sunday's performance, like I said, for, for my money, Saturday's performance was one of the best offensively of the entire season. Some of the best approach I've seen from the Tigers offense the entire season. Sunday was the exact opposite. Uh, for my money, that's one of the worst offensive showings of the year. You had zero walks, two games in a row. I said I didn't care about it Saturday. That's true. Um, but you had three hits and no walk. You had three base runners in a nine-inning baseball game. On Sunday, two of them were extra base hits, but they were both doubles and you got mowed down afterwards. Just lack of competitiveness in every at bat start to finish. Really, really brutal stuff. Um, I look, I, I don't know what you do the rest of the season. Give Kerry Carpenter some at bats. That's like that's an easy one that you can point to. He's got a thousand OPS and thirty homers at the minor league level. That minor league levels all combined this year. Kerry Carpenter, I I think he will too. I don't think it's like uh, we need our pitchforks and why is he not up? I think he will, and I think it'll be sooner rather than later. But besides that, and, and that's not even a guarantee. We've seen plenty of, of people this season alone dominate the minors, then get called up and 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 not hit well. Cody Clemens. For as as he got a double on Sunday, and for as much as people are are advocating for him to play more, he has like one hit in his last several weeks. Like he he has not been very effective. Torkelson, we obviously know about. Um, I, I mean, 
so it's not even a guarantee that Carpenter comes in and is like super effective right away uh, or at all. But you need to try something. I, I don't know where you go from here the rest of the year. I, I don't know how your hitting coach still has a job. And I said earlier in the year, I'm not certain that the hitting coach determines exactly how good or, or bad or how much effect the hitting coach really has on an offense. But uh, I, it, it certainly can't get worse. So I'm not sure um, why why we haven't made a move there. I'm assuming that it'll happen in the offseason. Uh, pretty hard to come back from these numbers. It's it's really it's really rough and we're in the dog days we're in the dog days of the summer now there's no trade deadline i talked about this last week no trade deadline no all-star break no fun stuff no september call-ups even in september anymore the roster expands by two not 15 it's just gonna be this is the team we got and we're gonna go out there and and play probably the same brand of baseball the rest of the season and i'm gonna be here watching every game the dog days are here. Let's talk about Lou, though. Lou Whitaker was amazing. Lou Whitaker day was Saturday. He should be a Hall of Famer, first and foremost. Uh, the Tigers actually tweeted out a list of every Hall of Famer that has less career war than Lou Whitaker, and it is a laundry list. Let me tell you, it is actually a very, very long list. So it was nice to see him because Cooperstown has wronged him. He deserves to be there. Look, I don't want to point fingers and play the the, the game, but he has more war than Alan Trammell. <laughs> Should be a Hall of Famer, okay? So it was really nice to see him get honored for a weekend, see him back around the ball club. He's such a quiet and humble dude. He he, you know, since he retired, he kind of just went back home and has just been living his life. So it it was really nice to see him. Just just with all of his former teammates and get this was our first sellout of a non-opening day game since like 2016 or something ridiculous. Like seriously, like this this meant a lot to people. And it was nice to show Lou Whitaker how much he means to people, still damn near 30 years after he retired. Now, in the same breath, we want to make this a positive, but in the same breath, what took so long? For him and Tram, what took so long? What? Uh, oh, the, the attendance is down and we got to find ways to, to get people back in the ballpark. So now we'll we'll pull Trig and, and retire their numbers finally. What took so long for both of them? It's ridiculous. Um, I, I mean, maybe it was, uh, maybe it's, uh, oh, we don't retire numbers of non-Hall of Famers thing. Or I, I don't know, but it was ridiculous that it took this long. The numbers are next to each other. That one looks looks darn good on that brick wall, don't it? Looks darn good. It's so much so that I think people are going to look at that wall and be like, why? I don't even remember a time when it wasn't on there. Like, it looks so in place, and, and everything about Lou is just fantastic. Hearing him talk uh, about his teammates, hearing him run into his teammates, and hearing those conversations, you know, and, and seeing him talk to Gibby and, and seeing him talk to Tram and, and everything, it's just... He, he walks out of the dugout in the whole sold-out Comerica Park. Lou, it's just so cool, man. I love that, man. And, and, and I'm glad that he got the recognition that he so rightfully deserves and has deserved for a very long time. 
And the, the, the bittersweet part of it all is that's a whole generation of baseball, right? There, there are people, I think Leland said it, there's a whole generation of, of players that, that they went to kindergarten and by the time they graduated high school, Tram and Lou were still up the middle. And it's just, you look at the kids that got into kindergarten or whatever age you want to talk like at, at, at in 2015 and how many baseball fans have been bred from this seven year stretch now. It's really brutal stuff to be honest with you. Um, is that everything? Oh, it's not everything. Oh my goodness. Okay. I can't believe I almost forgot about this. This is my apologies. Matt Manning was fantastic. We'll do Matt Manning. We'll end on that good note because the end of my Lou Whitaker thing was supposed to be a good note. And then it kind of ended on not a good note. So now let's end on a real good note. Matt Manning, Wasted performance, but positive, positive. We're thinking positively was fantastic. Um, he would throw 95 pitches, 47 four seam fastballs, 21 sliders, 18 curveballs, five changeups, four sinkers. His CSW percentage was 31%. That is amazing. Almost one of every three pitches was a called strike or a swinging miss strike. Average exit velocity was under 89 miles an hour. Um, Really great. 13 whiffs. 13 whiffs from Matt Manning. Seven innings of shutout baseball against a team that's over 500 in the best division in baseball. Um, this was great. He did have three walks still. There were a couple of stretches where his fastball, mostly earlier in the game, where his fastball command just completely went out the window and he was missing spots by like a foot and a half. But for the most part, he was really locked in. And, and this is one of the best starts if not the best start of his career um like i said thir 13 whiffs he was he, he was fantastic he was absolutely fantastic seven strikeouts um his final line seven innings four hits no runs three walks seven k's the he's gonna be i think more of a three pitch pitcher i think it's gonna be mostly four seam slider curve i don't think the change is ever gonna be a pitch he throws 15 20 times um and, and the four seam moves a little bit. So sometimes it's going to move enough where it's going to look like a sinker. And sometimes it's just going to be a four seam. But I, I, I was very impressed with the secondary stuff and the command of the secondary stuff. His slider was lethal. It was not hit hard ever at no point. The max exit velo. So the hardest the slider was hit all day was... 83 and a half miles an hour. And that was one time because it was only put in play once four times. It was fouled off the one time put in play. Uh, he had four whiffs on the slider and six called strikes on it that his CSW percentage on the slider was almost 50%. He threw it 21 times. 10 were either called strikes or swinging strikes. It was a lethal pitch. It was unbelievably effective. I thought the stuff we saw from him was some of the best we've seen from him all, from him all year. Um, and again, he went through some stretches earlier in the game where his command wavered for a couple of batters and you were like, Oh, kind of, you know, reel it back in Maddie. And he did. And that takes a lot of guts and is very, very impressive. So, um, for a game that ended very poorly, Matt Manning, easily the, the player of the game and probably the player of the entire weekend, he was absolutely fantastic. Hopefully we can build on that. Hopefully he can continue taking steps forward. And use that performance, you know, put a star by and like, hey, this is where, I don't know, he started taking big strides. So very, very impressed.
with Matthew Manning. Okay, that is all we got. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen to Locked On MLB Podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and his unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. That's all I got. Shout out Sweet Lou, man. Sweetness, baby. Shout out Sweet Lou Whitaker. Number one forever. Um, like I said, no one more deserving. So cool to see a, a sold-out crowd or darn near sold-out crowd for him. Very, very cool. Sweetness. Peace and love going to Therapy's Dope. We'll be back tomorrow. Go Tigers, baby.